Hey friends, welcome back to Eat, Live, Love, Indulge with me, your host, Kathy Wakili, the place where food, family, and friends come together to make the best recipe for life. I'm thrilled today because I'm going to introduce you to a very good friend of mine. Her name is Lauren Lagrasso. She's a multi-passionate, creative, specializing in writing and playing music, hosting and producing podcasts, public speaking, creativity coaching, and acting. She was born and raised in Michigan, and she lives in Los Angeles. Lauren received her BFA in acting and BA in communication from Michigan State University. She traveled to Los Angeles to complete her last three credits with an internship on The Ellen Show, and then decided to stay to pursue acting. Within weeks of her pursuit, she got her first acting role and she joined SAG-AFRA. But soon after, with the constant rejection and less fulfilling co-star roles, acting started to break her heart. As so often in this case, that pain turned into purpose when Lauren picked up guitar and she wrote her first song. Within nine months of writing that song, she played at the House of Blues on Sunset, the Viper Room, and the Hard Rock Cafe. While continuing to pursue music, she also started to follow her love of talk radio and got a position as a host on AfterBuzz TV, which led to becoming the EP of Maria Menudo's Sirius XM show, Conversations with Maria Menudo's. That's where I met her. And host and produce on The Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. She now works as an executive producer of female content for a podcasting company called Cadence 13, where she works on shows like Lauren Conrad, Asking for a Friend, Girl Boss Radio, Unlocking Us with Brene Brown, The Goop Podcast, and Meaningful Conversations with Maria Shriver from the Heart. Also, Conversations with Yoga Girl. In addition, she independently produces and hosts her own podcast called Unleash Your Inner Creative. As a public speaker, she has inspired audiences at conferences such as Girl Boss Rally and Pretty Thing Tour sharing practical tools to redefine your relationship with fear, make creativity the filter for your life, and claim your right to have a dream and take up space. On the music front, she's also working on her debut EP with a Grammy award-winning producer, Jeff Bova, which will be out this summer. Her first single, Road to Glory, make sure you take check it out, was released in November, and she has her second single, Rise coming out April 17th. Lauren is additionally a huge fan of helping make other people's dreams come true, which she does through media, creativity coaching, and her company, SL Music and Media Consulting. I love this that uh, Lauren says all the time, there is power in those that take the longer journey. They know the road to glory. That's certainly Lauren LaGrasso's truth. And through her powerful soul pop music, she aims to empower late bloomers underdogs, and the disenfranchised to go after their dreams, lessen fears grip on life, and step into the full essence of who they are. Please welcome to my show, Lauren LaGrasso. Well, thank you. And likewise, I feel honored to be sitting here with such a powerful, amazing woman who really does everything in her power to lift other women up. Oh, it's an thank honor. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm going to set the scene a little bit here. It's... um. It's Sunday morning. Uh, I'm going to take you back a little bit to your to to the where it all began back in uh, suburbs of Michigan, uh, suburbs of Detroit, <laughs> I should say. It's Sunday morning as a fellow Italian. The aroma of onions and garlic and tomatoes is coming from the kitchen. 
With the sound of meatball, sausage, and brajol being sautéed and ready to get added to the Sunday sauce. There's even a faint smell of espresso coffee in the background, as mom is gently reminding us to get it together because Sunday Mass starts in about 30 minutes. So Lauren, tell me a little bit more about you growing up in in an Italian-American household in Detroit. Um, What was it like? Um, Tell me about all the influences that helped you become the creative you. Well, I don't know why, but as you were saying that, I started crying because it reminded (laughs) me so much of growing up with my grandparents and my mom and dad and all my cousins. We, We did spend so many Sundays together and grandma and grandpa would make the sauce and they would always throw in both meatballs and sausage. We'd all sit around the table and we just, I had so many great memories growing up in an Italian family with so much love and support. And I think the biggest blessing for me as a creative person, but just as a person in general is I've had so much support and it's made pursuing a life that is difficult because pursuing a path that doesn't have a straight arrow way to go down it is always going to be a little bit harder. Sure. And so having that kind of support of me as a human being Mm -hmm. has made my path so much easier. Um, And I I mean, my grandparents, like, uh, you know, I interviewed you on my podcast yesterday and Mm -hmm. we're going to probably be releasing these at the same time. So definitely come over and listen to more of Kathy's story. But my grandparents were similar to yours where my grandma was a seamstress and she was an incredible chef and she used to do the wallpaper in her house and mm-hmm. um, she'd do it all with a baby on her hip. And I I did a whole episode when she passed away this past summer. Oh, about, so sorry. Thank you. But I mean, she had a, night, a beautiful long life and she really, she taught us all so much. I mean, my grandma taught me my ABCs and mm-hmm. I got to first really like learn and be creative with her, but I realized when I traced the lines of my creative lineage, so much of it came from my grandparents. Sure. So yeah, between all the support and the great example they set for me, it was a really joyful way to grow up. So do you think that there was much thought when your grandparents were um, encouraging you to be creative or do you think that there was any thought behind all of their actions or it just was who they were and it was part of growing up and that led you to be able to realize all of these gifts that you're given? I think in the beginning, it was just them trying to teach me and encourage me Mm -hmm. to learn as much as I possibly could and feel supported. Right. As I got older and they saw me doing all the plays and singing solos at the concert, they would want me to come to the family get togethers and basically perform. I love and at that. first I put up, you know, a fight about it. I was like, I don't perform for free. I am a <laughs> But I, love I loved it. it. So I love eventually it. I just gave into it and I'd sing Love by Nat King Cole, whatever right. they asked me yeah. to. And I got to sing that at their 50th wedding anniversary. So I think as they saw my talents develop, it was more conscious. But in the beginning, it was just them being who they were and trying to encourage me to also be myself. Right. Wow. That's so funny that you should bring up that song love by Nat King Cole. Cause, um, when you, when we spoke yesterday, um, <laughs> and you asked me about my five-year-old self and, um, that was one the song that I, I had to play, I had to sing and they put me up front cause I was this blonde and we held up letters. Each of us held up letters to 
the word love. And I, you know, not each of us, but, you know, four kids in the class were, were, were put in the front. And I was, I think I was holding the letter E or, or V. I'm not sure. And I was like, but why me? I hated being in front of the class and everybody looking at me. I was had this long, blonde, curly hair and these huge eyes. And so they put me right in the front and I was like, why me? Why me? And, and so, and how polar opposite, like you loved being in the front of, you know, the center of attention, right? And, and performing and singing at the top of your lungs. I think I was lip syncing back then even because <laughs> I was afraid to scare people off. Yeah. So. No, it was from like a really young age when I was four, I think three or four, my mom and dad took me to the community theater, Gross Point Theater. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, my parents never like pushed me into anything. I asked to be there. Uh, At the end of the play, we stood up and we were clapping and I turned to my mom and said, mommy, I want to do this. I want to be up there doing that. And my mom said in that moment, she knew that someday I was going to leave her and travel across the country and do this. And she had to do whatever she could to support me. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And it's so great that they continue to um, praise, give you all that support that you need, uh, even though you're you're further away from them. But do they get a chance to visit much off, you know, that often? Yeah, they do. My mom actually worked for the airlines her whole life. So they get to fly for either free or very close to free. That's great. So they fly and then they come and stay with me in my one bedroom apartment. We love it. I love it. We like spending every minute together we can. So I'm an only child and me and my parents are like best friends. Yeah, best friends. That's great. I love the podcast that I listen to on your show um, with with your parents and... (laughs) You know, it, it's really great. Uh, you could see, you could hear the adoration in their voices when they speak about you and to you, and it's it's so um, it's so familiar to me because that's how I feel about my kids. So I, I love hearing it in other people, and you could almost touch it and feel it. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. so, so tangible. I love it. So I wanted to dive into a little bit about creative beings and how our minds work and if you ever get stumped or um, if there are a lot of distractions that hold you back from being creative. So let's just jump in and tell me, do do you feel like the external world now with social media and we've gotten increasingly busier and as we get older, there seems to be a lot more external things that are taking away I feel to me that take away or or bog down my creativity. Do you ever have that problem? Oh yeah. I mean, I think yes, definitely the responsibilities of getting older and like becoming an adult for sure have taken me away from being able to just be in like creative wonder all the time. That's Mm -hmm. normal. I expect that. The thing that is really difficult that we as human beings are having to deal with now is all the different facets of the internet. While it can be such an incredible tool and it can help us increase or at least put out our creativity. It also keeps us a lot of the time from doing the things that we should be doing in order to get inspired. I mean, I sometimes notice myself scrolling and I'm like, why would I waste my energy doing that when I could be writing a song or I could be taking a walk and something I see out there might inspire me to come back and do a podcast topic. And I think we really have to make a conscious effort to limit our time there Mm-hmm. And then to go into nature, to have conversations with people, to have meals with people, to just get back to our true nature, because our nature is not inside of this weird little 
computer we hold in our phones. Our nature is connecting to spirit. Our nature is to be with other human beings. And that's really where the inspiration comes from. So when I feel blocked, I try to get back to what makes me feel like me Mm -hmm. versus what will send me on a spin, which is usually my phone. Yeah, it's so true. (laughs) Because that what brings me to this next question or this next thought. Um, Within the in the world of social media now, do you feel that it has allowed to people to become more creative, um, release their creativity? Or do you feel like it's hindered people in some way? I think both because yes, there are more opportunities to be different types of creative. Mm -hmm. Like it's great in the fact that if you're an actor, you can go on there and make like a one minute video and and the power is truly in your hands to share. At the same time, I think that people are probably putting more thought into what can I do to get more likes versus what is the best thing I could do? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I get it. And I sometimes think from that perspective too, but it really bums me out because I don't think as any sort of artist, like that's the way we should be creating. We should be creating because that's what's on our heart, mm-hmm. not because we're trying to solicit likes from someone. And I think, I think that can work short term, but long term, you're not going to have longevity as a creative entrepreneur, whatever you're doing. Right. If all you're doing is trying to get clickbait. Right. So I, I couldn't agree more. That has lasting power. Exactly. And I, I feel that there's so many and I don't, and I don't want to say copycats or um, but it is it's it's kind of like you, you see so many different people coming out and doing the same thing that somebody else has been doing and without making it their own, you know, right. and it, there are there are so many of the same kind of accounts that are out there and they're all doing the same thing. And it's like, okay, well, what makes yours that much more special? If you are so inclined to be creative, come up with your own thing. And and I don't want to discourage or bash anybody that is trying to break out and do and, and release their inner creativity that in the form of social media or, you know, make people aware of it through social media. But at the same time, like you, like you said earlier, do something that makes you feel alive. And you know what? People really do see that authentic quality and they see, they, they will respond to it instead of you trying to be someone else and reading off a script. Right. And I think that social media also does us a disservice sometimes because it just, it's too easy to compare on there. And I always say, comparison is the death of art and self. It's so so true. If you're getting on there and all you're doing is looking what everyone else is doing and how can I compete with that, then you're not really being true to yourself and you're definitely not allowing for whatever the most creative iteration of your brain would be. Right. And if you're using that as a gauge to if people like what you're doing or not, it's not really a because there's so many like different things that play into social media mm-hmm. likes and views and all this other stuff that it's not really a fair, it's not really a fair contest because right. um, there's so many different factors that come into how, how visible your posts are. And it's not a matter. It's gotten down to a science and 
it's down to like algorithms that how many people see your, your stuff and how many people like it and all that. It's, it doesn't mean that your artistic and creative, um, posts are less liked or less worthy, uh, um, mm-hmm. than someone else's that may be getting so much more traction. Yeah. And I have to admit though, like even logically knowing all this stuff, it's sometimes still, it's still, yeah, it gets to me. Like, I'll put all this work into something. I'll write a song mm-hmm. and I'll put the song out. And it's like, you know, my music video, for instance, I worked so hard on that music video. I invested a ton of my savings into it. I'm so proud of it. It's amazing. And you should be. But, it's really fantastic. Thank it's, you. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, Kathy, there's a girl on TikTok that has a million views of her eating a pickle. I know. I don't get that. And the SMR is what it's called or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I should have done that. The whole music video would have been a hit, (laughs) (laughs) but, and and I'm not sitting here complaining. I just, I truly want to understand because it is a little disheartening to know you've put so much thought and care and love into some and money and money. Sure. And to see a girl eating a pickle, getting a million views. I, I'm trying to figure out what is what, going on. <laughs> sure. Like why? Like what yeah. is that? What is that all about? And that in itself can discourage um, someone from releasing their, their own creativity because they would feel right. like, well, look, you know, maybe I need to be doing something sensationalized instead of really pursuing what I feel in my heart to get just to get noticed. And then after I get noticed, then I'll go back to my, my, who I really am. But then I mean, it worked for Lady Gaga. I was just going to say, that's the first <laughs> person that I thought of yeah. when I was, you know, referencing that whole story. Yeah. Um, yes, it did. It worked for her, but not for the lack of trying other things first. She has mm-hmm. been, she's, and not for not having the talent to back it all up. She wasn't the girl eating the pickle. She was going to school, perfecting her art, um, acting, all those things, you know, being super creative. She's another girl that I know through friends as a, as a young child was performing in front of family and right. friends and at the piano and studying and going to school to learn. And so um, she was pursuing and perfecting her art and her craft and all of her creativity before the crazy, you know, um, I don't know. Dress. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I think if you are going to be sensational, that's the way to do it. Exactly. You know, like if you're going to be sensational and do something weird, find mm-hmm. a way to mix it in with what your real talent is and have the talent to back it up. Right. You know, cause it's fine to, to do something weird if you incorporate it with whatever your passion is. And it's still somewhat in the realm of authentic to you. Oh, sure. Maybe you wouldn't wear a meat dress every day, but you wouldn't wear it and then feel like, oh, I betrayed myself. Right. And and there was a meaning behind it. And then she, like you said, she did have something to back it up, quite a bit to back it up. And um, And she continues to work on it. Oh, my God. And And challenge herself. And um, yeah, so I. Something to be said about that. Yeah, for sure. Cause she wasn't, she certainly wasn't a one hit wonder that walked out on the red carpet and Hey, here no. I am. And then there was nothing else. So, um, that's something really important. Like I know you've, we met back f- the first encounter we had was from when I, I, um, worked with you on, uh, Maria Menounos X series XM show. And, yes. um, we were connected through our, my dear friend, Margo and your friend Margo. Um, and so, 
we worked together then. And then how life is so funny. It put us together. We ended up knowing and loving the same gal from, from Michigan and gross point. You're one of your BFFs since you were from childhood, Maria DeSaro. Yes, um, my sister. Yeah. And then we finally got a chance to meet at her wedding, which was great. I would love meeting you then. But let's talk a little bit about Gross Point and growing up there with all this wonderful musical inf- influence there in Detroit. And did you know it was singing or do, did you know what, what, what was it? Was it singing, acting? I mean, what was your real, real heart that you wanted to, what did you want to do first? Because your singing is your voice. It's so, um, it's so soulful. I mean, that's the only way I could think of it. It's soulful. And it sounds like you've lived a full, full life from, from the tone and the sincerity and the, the depth of your voice. Oh, thank Kathy. Really. Thank you. I'm taking that in. That means a lot. Uh, growing up, I, I honestly, and my viewpoint on this has changed, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a star and I think whatever that meant, but what, what it meant to me at that time was being an actress and a singer. Mm -hmm. I didn't know when I was young that I could write music. Um, and I think had I known that my whole life and vision for my life would have changed. Mm -hmm. No one I knew in Michigan was a songwriter. Um, my dad is amazing, a financial planner. My mom obviously worked in the airlines. They were both creative in their own right, but I didn't have anyone in my immediate circle who was a writer or a writer. Right. Yeah. So I thought the only way I can do music is music is through the lens of musical theater or Mm -hmm. if I sang someone else's songs. Right. So at that point, I really just I wanted to perform and right. in any way I could. I tried dancing for a long time. I was time, just going to ask like, you, do you dance yeah. too? <laughs> I, that was actually, if we want to take it back, back, that was like the first thing I did. My, one of my cousins had a dance studio. So when I was two and a half, I started dancing. But there's a very funny story. I think my dad talked about it on the podcast he did where we, everyone was doing the routine and I was off in the corner, Beaten, literally doing whatever I wanted. So. <laughs> well, there's that. That's great. I love yeah. that. It was hard to rein me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, I've, I've like got kind of a bouncy style. So dancing was never going to happen for me. I'm, like I'm choreographed dancing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, I would say it's my non-aspirational passion. I right. love like dancing on the dance floor, but yeah, at that point it was really, I want to probably do musical theater. I thought that that was maybe the most direct path. And then of course I would, in my mind, spin it off into movies and TV and film and do all the things. Well, there's still time. There's still time. When yeah. I say that you, your voice has so much heart and soul, and it seems like there's so much history in your voice. Um, it, the reason why it's so impactful is because you are so young and that um, to me says so much. It sounds like it comes from a place where um, you lived another life and there's so much, really so much depth to it. So I love, and that's the type of voice I want to listen to when I hear a, a song. I don't want to hear this bubblegum music. That's what I call it. Bubblegum <laughs> team music. I want to hear someone that it really, there's so much feeling behind it. And so the words and your song is so impactful. Thank you. I think it comes from the fact that, you know, I've been out here eight years now Mm -hmm. and I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of and that I've made it in a few ways, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like I'm very much in the fight, in the struggle to 
become the person and artist I want to be. And I've, I've been tortured at times. I've gone through depressions. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with anxiety. I mean, being away from my family, it's like walking with a broken heart all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I try to put that experience through into my voice. I've also worked on my voice a lot. Like I've been in voice lessons on and off Mm -hmm. since 14, but I really try to find a way to like yank up that life experience and put it through my voice. And that is therapy within itself too, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. Singing is, and even I always say to anyone, like singing is some of the best therapy you can do for yourself. It's clinically proven that if you sing for like 20 minutes a day, it lessens stress, tension. Um, it like brings down your cortisol levels. It's an incredible tool that anyone, even those that feel that they're tone deaf can and should use (laughs) to help themselves get through. That's funny because I don't even (laughs) sing to myself in the car. Because I'm oh, so, Kathy, you so I don't want to hear it. It's so like, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, if, if anybody's even like, if there's a bug, I don't want to hurt the bug's feelings with my voice. But here's the thing. If you're that self-aware, I doubt that you're bad because people who are actually terrible don't know they're terrible. I had a friend in high oh, school right. who was actually tone deaf and she just loud and proud sang every song. It was agony. Oh my but God. It's kind of like, if you think you're crazy, you're probably not crazy right, because right. people don't have the self-awareness to know that they're crazy. Exactly. Well, that's, that's hopeful. That's hopeful. Yeah. But I never really like my, and my husband will say to me, he'll catch me singing here and there. And he's like, well, Kid, keep singing. I'm like, no, no, it sounds terrible. I can't let you hear me. I'm so aware of it sounds so bad to me. But anyway, well, singing that's is a like shyness, the, you know? Yeah, that's just a shyness. And I think, too, it's one of the most vulnerable things we can do. I so think so. Yeah, it could come down to that, too. You know, you just start practicing in the car. Let, <laughs> let the bug enjoy your little concert. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, I'm going to have to try it. We'll see. Maybe I could grow out of that. And as long as the bo- the dogs in the neighborhood don't go running, then I'll be okay. <laughs> so I want to switch gears a little bit. And I want to talk about, so a, a few years back, and, and I, I want to preface this by saying, I love Mar- Martha Stewart. I admire her. I think she's wonderful. I, I, I love everything that she does. But um, she had mentioned something a while back and she kind of, said something, and I think she was referring to Gwyneth Paltrow about her lifestyle brand. And this is a while back. And she had said, and I'm paraphrasing something like, oh, she's getting into that now. And meaning that Gwyneth getting into the lifestyle brand and cooking and and switching gears um, and saying that, well, she's a very good, maybe she's not that confident in her acting. And that's why she's coming back to doing this. Or maybe she should stay in her lane. Um, how do you feel about something like that? And again, I love Martha Stewart. And I think that she started out as a model and she changed, you know, into this whole lifestyle brand. And she, that was something that was always in her. And so my question is to you, how do you feel about that? And if you are a creative person, don't you feel that that's already in you? You know, and there yes. are there. Yeah. Are you limited to how many hats you can wear as a creative person? No, I feel very, very strongly about this. I'm mm-hmm. glad you asked me about it. So I love Martha Stewart as well. I think she is an icon and like really carved out a, a path in that in mm-hmm. the lifestyle space that otherwise wouldn't have been there without her. So yeah, absolutely. That aside, I think that her statements coming from a few places. So 
one, I think it is coming from a place of like jealousy or fear or competition of feeling like there's not enough space for all of us. But the thing is, you're going to do it differently than Gwyneth Paltrow is going to do it, than I would do it. We've all got a different way of approaching any creative endeavor. So there's always going to be more than enough space for all of us if we have a truly great product. That's the first thing. The second thing is people have a really hard time because we want to categorize other people when we see them like, oh, there's Kathy. She's, she's a chef. Got it. So when you add podcasters, some people are like, wait, isn't she a chef? Shouldn't we stick to that? But the fact is we're complex human beings with many layers of our personality. The same way you're probably different with your husband as you are with me, as you are with your sister. It's not that you're a different person. It's just like a different color of who you are, depending on the scenario you're in. It's the same thing when we're pursuing a career path. I may be a different singer than I am a podcaster, than I am a producer, but they can all exist under one roof because when I make creativity the filter for my life, which is what I talk about on the show, I just mean I want to do everything as creatively as I possibly can. And that means being the full essence of who I am. And the full essence of who I am is many things. It's not one thing. And I think that our society has done an incredible disservice by telling us we can only pick one path. Now, you don't want to be like spinning so many plates that you're going to drop them. You have to find a way to balance everything. My goal for the upcoming future is to put all of my endeavors under one roof so that I don't have to like keep running around town doing every, all these different activities. Um, but the fact, the idea that we can only do one thing or have one path in our life is ludicrous. Oh, I, I, I totally completely agree with you. I feel like, um, for me, especially one situation, like being a creative person, we talked about this uh, yesterday, a little bit that I am, um, I was a hairdresser. I l- listened to people and made them beautiful all day long. Mm-hmm. And then that was creative. But then I was, but then there was a part of me that loved listening to their stories and hearing what was going on in their lives. And they came to me for not only, you know, to look good, they wanted to feel good inside. And that was part of our conversations as well. So um, the relationships and then getting married and having children. Um, and I was in this, you know, in my bubble of being a mother and a stay home mom. And then that was born a whole other side of a facet of my creativity, like a diamond. I would say, I would say that we're, we're all diamonds and we have multifacets and we all shine brightly when, when we really hone those facets. So I, yeah. And I think that, um, as women, and as human beings, it's our job to, like you said, lift each other up and admire their creativity and encourage it instead of, you know, being threatened by it, you know? Yeah. One, one of the best things I ever heard uh, someone say was in, when you see somebody and you get that little like ping of jealousy or envy, mm-hmm. instead of letting it overtake you and saying something negative about them, say, I'll have what she's having. Exactly. Good for her. And I'll have what she's having. Right. Breathe on me. Let me catch what that is. That's what I always say. Breathe on me. Let me see. Let me, I mean, this, I shouldn't even joke about that. And this whole crazy coronavirus thing. But you know what I mean? You want to like take some of their molecules. I do that because, you know, I'm producing all these incredibly 
successful people. I produced Gwyneth Paltrow. Right, right. By the way, nobody works harder than her. She is an incredible businesswoman who researches everything to a T and deserves every ounce of success she has within Goop. Yeah, you can um, see it just in, in just just her acting. I mean, she grew up in this beautifully creative acting family. And then yeah. she not only um, was able to make that a career for herself on her own merits, you know, not just the foot in the door because, you know, and she got jobs because of who her parents were, but because she is spectacular and she mm-hmm. totally transforms herself into yeah. these, these uh, roles that she plays. So. And by the way, like a lot of people are against nepotism, but here's my take on it. As somebody who has struggled in this mm-hmm. industry, mm-hmm. it is so difficult. If you do not use every single advantage you have, you are Foolish. You're insane. Right, right. And I, I met this girl. I took a songwriting class with her. Her dad was a very successful songwriter, had written a bunch of songs with Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, I don't want to use my my family connections. And I said, are you crazy? I actually got mad. Right. Right. Like, if I had that advantage, I would want to use it. I want you to use it because it's going to help you get there faster. Right. If you don't have the goods, you're never going to make it anyway. Exactly. But like, if I wanted to be a financial planner and my dad refused to help me or I refused to ask help from my dad, no one would think that that was sane. No, so absolutely like, not. My husband is, she- is a big believer in that. Like, yeah. why not? Yeah. Drop yeah. my name. Say whatever you got to do. I'll make a call. Why not? That's what it's all about. In, in those connections, nepotism and connections are not just established. Like, listen, I put the work in what you. Right. The way I look at it as a, as a parent, we work hard, build a future for ourselves, but for our children. And, mm-hmm. and just as I start a savings account for my child for their, for their future. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't my reputation help my child if I could? You know? Right. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you know, if you're feeling like, Oh, something about it's unsavory, fine, make it, use your nepotism, make it, and then bring other people in with you because exactly. the more quick you make it, the more you can help other people also make it. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. I have, I guess it's a controversial viewpoint on that, but I feel like why wouldn't you use it? Just be honest about it, you know, but if you don't have the goods, you're never going to make it anyway. All the money and connections in the world can't give you a sustainable career if you don't have the talent. Right. And it may make you like a one hit wonder if you don't have the, you know, okay, mm-hmm. got in the door because I did a favor for their parent, but now look at, right. you know, they, or zero hits. Like we've right. seen it with a lot of celebrity daughters who sure. like tried to come into music and had as much publicity as a person could possibly mm-hmm. have and still had never have a hit. Right. So. Right. Right, right, right. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears again. <laughs> and every week I, I send out a question. And since I was having you on the show, I um, put out a question to my Instagram uh, followers or my Instagram friends, as I like to call them, um, about creativity. And I mentioned that you were going to be on the show. And so I got a few questions. And so I hope that we could answer them together. So I love it. Yeah. So this one is from. For Martin, Tex, Tex, uh, for Martin, I'm, I'm assuming it's Texas. So for Martin Tix, T, TX, um, what inspires you? So you, I'll let you t- answer that one first. Hmm. People. I love people. And despite some of the hardships I've been through with them, that is what drives me to do everything I do is a love for people and seeing the goodness in them 
and wanting to help them raise up to their highest good and to achieve their dreams and be their full selves. I love that. I love that. Well, for me, I'm inspired by so many things. Again, people would have to be, you know, top on the list, but um, I'm, I'm inspired by seasons and the change of my environment that's around me, that especially in the kitchen when I'm cooking. I'm inspired by the change of seasons and what the bounty of the earth has brought to me in the market because I don't have a, a farm. I don't have a, a farm, but um, what is fresh, and so that inspires me to make you know, meals and different types of, uh, dishes that I love to create in the kitchen. And, um, nostalgia inspires me a lot, my childhood and, um, memories. So for me, food and, and scents and aromas, uh, take me back to a place. And so I like to recreate those same memories and food memories. Cause when I think of, so, so for you, probably when you hear a song and you remember the first time you ever heard that song, you could remember everything about that moment, everything about that feeling that you had hearing that song for the first time, or when it, whether it was on playback, you know, just that summer of whatever, 82 or whatever, hearing that song. And it just brings you back to the feelings you were feeling and all that. So for me, uh, food has the same thing. Like for instance, there's uh, the first time I ever had steak pizzaiola. I was in Italy in my grandmother's house, my mother's mother, and she made this steak pizzaiola. And it was one of the most amazing things I had ever eaten. And still to this day, whenever I have it, I remember her. I remember what she was wearing. I remember where we were sitting. I remember feeling, who is this woman that I didn't really know that well because she lived in Italy and I was here. And I remember the love that she had in her eyes when she was preparing it and watching me eat it. So for me, when I like to create something new or I like to feed people, I think of that. And I think of, I'm hoping that this either will create a memory or will bring them back to a place of warmth and happiness, you know? I love it. Yeah. So, okay, let's see. We have another one. Uh, J.M. DeMaio. How do you turn what you love doing creative, create, creatively into a business? Hmm. Well, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, well, I think that you want to take it or you want me to take that one first? You take it. I think you've got that down pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not doing too bad yourself because you figured it out too. So I think that for me, um, doing things that make me feel good and I knew that I was good at and, and um, honing that skill, like for instance, I was really great at uh, making people beautiful. Cause I loved color and I loved working with hair and I loved, um, you know, just the whole world of cosmetology from a very young age and art and how I could use shadows and different colors to, to bring out the best in people. Um, I love doing that. So that was a way early on that I could use my creativity to turn it into a business, um, or turn it into, to making money. Um, what else? Um, I, and then, uh, then with my food, you know, desserts was another way of making things beautiful, making these little create creative, um, desserts that were works of art. And I think that's, that was a way, I think that, uh, that's how I did it. Um, you know, I, I think it's knowing what you're good at, learning to what you're good at and then perfecting it and making it something that someone else would want. How about you, yeah. Lauren? And I think for me to, 
like for the, all the things I'm doing now, I had to donate a lot of my time for free before I could make money from them. So yes. when I was learning how to be a host and producer at AfterBuzz, I interned there because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to produce right. and I donated my time so that I could learn. And by the end of my internship, I actually was like able to parlay that into the job at SiriusXM because I had donated my time. Now, mm-hmm. while I was doing that, I was working, schlepping around boxes of kettle chips, right. auto shows. And what I had one other job at that time. Oh, I was working at an acting agency as well. Okay. So like, it's hard to be able to balance all those things. Sure. But I think donating, donating your time and working for free helps you not only learn your skill set but build awareness around who you are and what you do. It was the same thing when I started doing shows out here. At first I was doing open mics, which you obviously don't get paid for. Right. But I was doing free shows. And then I started um, writing music and like letting people take it and put it in, in their films. And I built awareness that way and built my skill set that way so that I had enough hours to make myself somewhat of an expert at it mm-hmm. and parlay it into a job. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, it is. It's really important because that's, that's in your training that all that internship was, that was all part of your training. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, honing your skills and getting better at it and making, and, and really zoning in on what your, your specialty was. And yeah. it is. And- and you can't have shame around it. Cause I was like 26 or 27 mm-hmm. when I did that, you know, but know what you don't know and don't have too much pride to accept something that is a position that you might've traditionally thought was beneath you because it could actually help you get to that high position in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, okay. We have another question here from, Oh, my twin. I talked to you about the other day. So I, I mentioned my, tw- my twin sons. I, I mentioned Lawrence and now his, son, his brother, Gregory Zarian, who lives out in California, he's an actor and a model. And so he said, and he's a very creative person as well. He asked, how do you find creativity if you are not feeling very creative? How do you find it? I love going on walks. I go on walks around my neighborhood. I observe everything around me. I love Mm -hmm. people watching. I'll make up little silly songs about people that walk past me Mm because that just like sparks me. There's no pressure on it. Sure. I love um, listening to great music, watching films, having a fantastic conversation, a fantastic meal. I think when you're feeling creatively blocked, it helps if you can just put yourself into the world and experience things. A lot of the times when I've been feeling blocked is because I'm so stressed and I've been overworking mm-hmm. myself so much that I have nothing left to give. So it really has to do with feeding yourself so that you can feed the world. I agree. I agree. So for me, walking does it, you know, alone. I, you mm-hmm. know, my husband and I walk every day together, but a lot of times I'll put my headphones in just so he thinks I'm listening to something else. <laughs> So just, just, yeah, <laughs> just so I can have some, some quiet time. I love having the company with me. Uh, and then sometimes I'll just go on a run and really take everything in and breathe, get moving. I think that's the most important thing is get moving, get out there. Um, whether it's a yoga class even, or just have some time alone with your thoughts. And I did start meditating um, Yay, Kathy. yeah, but I have to get, <laughs> I have to be more consistent with it. And, you know, trying to find that quiet time is when I really feel 
creatively, you know, I feel blocked sometimes. And so getting to find that creativity, that, that, that quiet time is really essential. Even, um, I'll just, when I'm feeling blocked, I get busy in the kitchen and start creating things. And, um, that opens up all these, you know, like, it's like almost like opening up these doors that just keep opening up to one another. And, um, it it just makes me feel alive. And so I think that's really important, but most of all, it's get moving, get up off your butt, get moving and deep, take deep breaths out, get the fresh air in your lungs. That helps a lot. And I think the thing you said about the kitchen is so impactful too, because it's like, that's lower stakes. Like it's less, no one's going to know if you make something that's like a flop in right. that moment right. versus like, if you get out and record a podcast and release it, maybe that feels like too much pressure when you're feeling creatively blocked. So do something like literally color in a coloring book. Cook oh, something, one of my favorite things, make up a silly song, like do something that's low stakes so that you can allow yourself the freedom to do the bigger project. Right. Right. And it's always, for me, it's always starting out baby steps. Like you just said, the little things that, that, you know, lead to the bigger, bigger picture. Okay. Um, here's another one. Last one. Uh, is your mom a creative? Oh, this is from Amy, Amy G. Wart or Amy. Yeah. Amy Wart. Um, is your mom a creative cook like you? Uh, I'll, I'll take this one quickly. Yes. My mom was very, very creative. Um, and, and it gets back to when I'm feeling blocked. So my mom, would go, you know, look at the pantry, look at whatever's in the refrigerator and just start putting things together. Um, she was very forward thinking, even coming here as a young girl uh, from Italy, she wanted to learn, you know, she would go to the doctor's office and see something that she never saw before in one of the women's magazines or good housekeeping or something like that. And she would rip out the page or ask them if they could bar- borrow the magazine, bring it home and start creating this recipe because she didn't have all the ingredients in the house. She'd create a recipe from it. Mm-hmm. And she was very creative. She liked t- Chinese food or Asian food or things like that. And, but my dad really didn't. So whenever he would, sometimes he took trips to visit his family in Italy and she stayed home with all of us. And so she would make Chinese, her version of Chinese food. Cause we never ordered in. So she would, you know, creatively come up with something and it was so much better than even whatever we had out. It was great. <laughs> and so she was always very creative and she encouraged that and, and brought that out in me too. So yes, I'm a creative cook. I learned everything that I know how to tap into that from my mother, you know, it, that, that she inspired me to do more and to do and to come into my own. How about you, uh, Lauren? As far as cooking, no, I would not say my mom is a creative <laughs> cook. <laughs> she, uh, she was the queen of takeout growing up. I actually taught myself how to cook. That's great. Love it. My mom had a rotation of about sure. five dishes, salmon, tacos, sloppy joes. Uh, that might've been it. <laughs> well, being <laughs> oh, that oh, you're bread fa- chicken, you're, yeah. bread chicken. but my grandparents cooked for us all the, all time. the time. See, so yeah. Such a huge part in raising me. Sure. Both my parents worked. Right. And so my grandparents were constantly cooking for us. We ate a lot of meals together. Well, that was up. so nice. I would say like out of the week, probably four or five meals were with my whole family. That's, that's um, a gift. It was a gift. So I yeah. feel like my mom leaned on that her whole life because she never loved cooking, mm-hmm. but it's cool. You know, it's obviously so sad that my grandmother passed away, but it really sparked me when you were talking about your creativity in the kitchen, because 
my mom for the first time in her life has found the joy in cooking. She's cooking for my dad every night, creating new recipes. She's so excited by it. Every I single night she's cooking. And that was never her truth. Like I usually when I go home, I cook for my parents right. versus the other way around. Right. But it's cool. It, it, cooking is such an easy way to tap into creativity and to kind of relearn who you are. And absolutely, it's been really fun to watch my mom discover herself. I in love the that. I love that so much. I took from, from that, from that, I took away so many great things that it's, you know, people tell me all the time, ask me and talk to me all the time about, they don't know how to cook and where do I start? Just get started on something simple. And that, that your mom has discovered that now after all these years, it's not too, it's never too late. It's wonderful. It's I love delicious. that. And it's, She's yeah, I'm sure. Job. I'm sure. Oh my God. That's so great. It's fantastic. I love hearing that. And, and, um, I encourage anyone to get started on and start, start, start with something basic and just get yeah. better at it. That's, it's just, it's really, really not that difficult. Um, when you show the initiative and the desire to want to do it, you know, that that's the first step. That's really the first step. Okay. So we're going to keep in the theme of cooking a little bit. And I like to ask my guests, what is their Ellie? So what is the favorite thing that you love to eat? What, where do you, where, if you could live anywhere, where would it be? Um, what's something that you love to do? And then what is your favorite indulgence? And that could be anything. So. Okay. So favorite thing that I love to eat, I would say I love Italian breaded chicken because mm, yeah. it reminds me of my childhood and it's so good, hot or cold. Mm-hmm. I actually really like it cold the next day, a little hot tip for you. Yeah. I love it too. And I also love spinach pie, Greek spinach oh, yeah. pie, spanakopita. Yeah. Growing up in Detroit, we have a huge Greek population. And so even in my Italian family, we had our own recipe for spinach pie. Love that. So I really love that. Those are probably my two comfort foods. If I could live anywhere in the world, I used to say my dream would be to be tri-coastal. So that's LA, Michigan for the Great Lakes and New York. Uh But I would love to at least split my time between Detroit and here. You talked about the seasons. Weirdly, I actually miss the seasons living here. I think it's really easy to not notice the passing of time because you don't have any markers. And I don't actually think that's good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think especially growing up in a place with the seasons, it would be nice to see that at least for a shorter period of time. Maybe I don't need four months of winter, but one month would be nice. Right. So I'd love to be in a financial position someday where I could split my time between LA and Detroit in more full time. And the, what was the other love. question? What's something that you just love to do? Oh, music. I just love singing. I love singing and I love talking with people. Like, and I love helping people. Anytime I can talk to someone and help them tri- like kind of, connect the dots of their Mm -hmm. life and figure out a path for themselves. That gives me great pleasure because I believe every person deserves to live a life they're proud of. And I think a lot of us are holding ourselves back just a little bit. And Mm -hmm. that little, that little bit can, you know, if you just like talk to someone, you can kind of fill in the dots and help them get there. So I love that. I love singing and I love talking to people and indulgence is next. Yes. Uh, Ooh, anything like creamy. When I was little, 
this is a little, this is a, a little much, but I loved like creamy food. Like my mom caught me like eating the butter when I was little. Well, I, I could, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I know a girl yeah. that used to put butter on everything. So yeah. yeah. And yeah. like, uh, I remember she had this huge thing of half and half and I like put it in the kick. So I'd say like anything creamy, like I did it in secret. My mom didn't know right. that she would have been horrified. She had non-fat milk everywhere. Um, <laughs> but like, I love like ranch dressing, okay. all that, that stuff. That's so so funny. like anything super rich is my favorite indulgence. Well, very good. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> I am, I think we could talk for hours because you constantly inspire me. I love the way you think the way you, the energy that you put out into the world. Um, I love your mission of helping people tap into their creativity. Um, I love the fact that you are a fighter for the underdog and the person that no one expects to succeed. Um, and you're, you're their, their cheer, their cheer section. I love that. That's, we need so much more of that in this world. I love that you're not threatened by someone else's talent when you have so much talent yourself. Um, what can we expect next from you? Besides your singing, and I love that you have a single coming out soon. Yes, the single. You know, that's such a good question, Kathy. I think that the big thing you can expect next, or at least that I'm hoping you and Mm -hmm. I and everyone can expect Mm -hmm. next, is finding a way, like I talked about, to put everything under one roof. I love doing all the things I do, but I've been trying to figure out the intricate way they're all connected Mm -hmm. and how I can kind of do everything at once. So my goal is going to be to do probably like a lot more public speaking. I love doing that and maybe find a way to incorporate the public speaking, the music, the podcast, the coaching all into one thing, probably in the way of a live event. Oh, I love that. That would be you'll, great. You'll, I'll keep you updated on it as I know more. Maybe you can sign come be me a guest. up. I'm going to have you sing. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to have you speak. It'll be a guest. It will be really fun. But I'm trying to figure out the best way to make all of those things one. I love that. So I love if anyone that. has any ideas, feel free to reach out. <laughs> I love that. So everyone, I want you to make it a point to listen to Lauren's podcast. It's amazing. You, you will immediately be drawn in. It's called unleash your inner creative. It's on Apple podcast and every Spotify, um, and everywhere where you could find where you listen to your podcasts. Also, where can we find you on Instagram and social media? Please tell everyone. I'm at Lauren Lagrasso everywhere. I'm also on TikTok. I'm trying to figure it out. It's Me like too. outer space there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I know it is a great platform to be on. So come come join me as I traverse the waters of uh, of the very scary internet. Yeah. And also uh, definitely check out my music. Just search <laughs> Road to Glory on any music streaming platform. I love it. I, and, and definitely listen to her song. It's beautiful. It is inspiring and um, it's got so much heart and I love you. Thank you so much. Kathy, you are the real deal. I mean, I just feel so blessed to know you. You are one in a million, an angel and just enrich the lives of every person you meet. Thank thank you you. for blessing me with your friendship and your presence. Oh, thank you. And I want to leave this podcast today for everyone that's listening and especially all the women that are listening. Remember something that we are all each individual flowers and together we make the most spectacular bouquet. 
Happy International Women's Day, everyone. And thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Kathy. See ya. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Bye.